0: Welcome to another powerful teaching from Dr. Todd J. Puyo, pastor of One Accord Church. Thank you all for coming. Appreciate you. Thank you all for coming. So every now and then I'll do this and uh, it's wisdom. So let's turn to Acts chapter number 1. Let's praise him Amen. for his word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, and we've been teaching a very powerful series that I don't want to uh, get old with. And it's a series uh, on... Um, being filled with the spirit. And uh, we started off with, I wanna make sure I have uh, a lot of notes in front of me. I just wanna make sure I'm getting everything right for you. I can't teach the whole thing, but you receive the person of the Holy Spirit when you're born again. Again, it's your spirit that's rebirthed. It's your spirit that receives eternal life. This should be old news to us now. And it's your soul that you uh, say, praise the Lord. All right, so when you are born again, you receive the person of the Holy Spirit uh inside of you because Jesus said that if you decide you're going to do his word I'm paraphrasing, the Father and I will come and make our doing place inside of you so that's what takes place, but that does not mean that you are filled with the Holy Spirit at this point, as we've been teaching you have you are just a um, a a someone who's receiving, a recipient of his anointing, a recipient of his breakthrough, a recipient of of his love, a recipient of his power. So all you're doing is receiving. When you get into the business of wanting to take what you have received, let's say you get healed in your body, but you want to help other people get healed, that's when you need power given to you that you may give to other people. So now you're going from just receiving power to be healed, which is available to every spirit-filled believer, to now you want to give power. That means that you got to have more than the born-again by water experience. Let me stick this in here, just in case this isn't in your notes. The word "baptized" in the Greek is "baptizo." Okay, B-A-P-T-I-Z-O. All right, and it means to be fully immersed. Okay, so John came baptizing in water. That means he fully immersed people in the water. So that's the example we follow. Uh, I am not of the opinion that you got to go around the world and talk about how people are baptized—sprinkling uh, or pouring or they throw it or they pour the water holes on you. I understand all of that. But you, 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 you just—that's up to you on how you do. But the Word of God says that the word baptize means to fully immerse okay now the reason that's important is because when john says that the man coming after me uh, i'm not worthy to tie his shoestrings the man coming after me has way more power than me i baptize with water but he's going to baptize with the holy ghost and with fire John says, I baptize with water, with water, but this guy coming after me taketh away the sins of the world. All right, So this, this is important. Uh, why is this important? The church needs to know how are they delivered. Well, who takes away sin? I mean, who, who, who's taking away? And what does taking away my sin mean? All right, does he take away one sin? Well, what does all sins mean? All sins. Well, Jesus taketh away all sins. Just briefly, before we go to Acts 1, somebody read uh, for me Isaiah 53. I just want to show you something. God is so good. And, and this, is, this is where we break it down on these midweek services. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Isaiah 53. Okay. Now, it says here, verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs. The word borne is nasa, N-A-S-A, meaning to lift, to bear, to carry, to cast away. All right, so use that term, cast away. He hath cast away our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded. For our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, sins, failures, weaknesses. Come on, somebody. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are what? Healed. And you do the prophetic meaning, the proper meaning of is physical and mental healing. So which sins did he die for? Because according to this verse, he died for them all. So that's the ones you commit, the ones you committed, and the ones that breathe, you will commit. Amen. That's right. That's right. This is a hard message for the church to receive because if we preach this, then who's going to preach? We have to stay out of sin, the whole Bible. But what should you be preaching? Because they preached in the law, you should stay out of sin, but the law was not powerful enough to equip them or empower them to stay out of sin. He came along and he said, well, now wait, let's see, I'm, I'm just being led by the Holy Spirit here. Go with me to John 3. This is powerful. You with me? I know it's Thursday night. It's a good bit of y'all in here. I know you're not sleepy and filled with slumber and no strength. I, I know you came in here with some fire. Praise him. Hey, let me tell you, I put my faith with you because if you ain't, I am. But I'm going to teach this like I'm on fire in Jesus' name. Uh, hallelujah. All right. John 3 and 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave, let me turn the page here, his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, that's Jesus, should not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. So that should not a so law. Go to the next verse. Uh-oh. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. Condemn means place final judgment on where did he send them? To the world. Well, who was lost? The world. We tend to believe that everybody who's not in our church is lost. Before there was a church, he sent them into the world. Church is not there to divide us up so that we can miss it. Church is there to strengthen us. To empower us to walk in victory. All right. But that the world through him might be what? Say. So the world is who? Oh, I'm just teaching. Come on now. It's who? Everybody. Everybody who's willing to believe. Oh, if they're willing to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, then it's through him that they receive what? Salvation. So it's your neighbor. The one that gets on your nerve. How about for me, it's the person that pulls out in front of me when I'm going 55 and they're going 10. Come on. I must be the only one that that has some revelation on this. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You know, and, and and as much as I get it in my mind, I'm ready for this, I'm ready for this today. I just lose the victory and I end up saying something I have no business saying. I see that y'all faces drop. Oh Pastor. Well, listen, I use myself as an example. I lose the victory. I drove out today, clear, clear lane. Nobody's behind me. And a person just sitting there looking upright just I'm going about 60. About 62. A little over 60. And a person pulls right out going no more than 20 and has an attitude because I blow my horn. So here's what I said. I said I ought to run them straight up the back and come down on the front. And the Holy Spirit said, now, that, 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 I, I don't think that's me. I said, no, that was me. <laughs> of course, you know, I got it for the rest of that. You know that, That's not how we work, you know. But, see, I lost the victory, okay? And, and, and why did I lose the victory? You know why? Because I'm still working on my soul. And the world is still working on their what? Soul. If you teach them right that they're saved spiritually and that empowers them to work on their soul, you will see victory. I have victory in other areas, but I still get that struggle on that. And it never happens till you want to go somewhere. When you ain't got no mind to go nowhere, they're flying. (laughs) (laughs) They're gone. It's when you want to go somewhere and be a certain place by a certain time. That That's right there. They just, and they're looking at you like, well, what's your problem? <laughs> All right. So now, the whole world, your neighbor, your relatives, the relative you don't like. <laughs> this is good stuff. now now listen listen, I I, I know this is just teaching tonight but I want you to catch a hold of this this is people that you thought before you got revelation that they were no good and you didn't minister to them because you thought they were incapable of receiving your ministry and that's before you got the revelation so you can't get that back so what does he do with it? Mm-hmm. That's why I'm teaching you. See, when it, when he says when he mentions Isaiah 53, and we go there and we read and we see what he's done, he did it for our entire lives, encapsing also that which we won't know till later. And we'll fall at it. Well, where's the shouting at? We don't like to hear this teaching. Well, then uh, if we teach that, then who's going to teach us not to sin? Honestly, do I need to tell you not to sin? There is no human being that I'm coming across that I got to tell them don't sin. Well, you come in the world and you, you first get your understanding, age whatever, two, three, four, whatever, you already know then you ain't supposed to do wrong. Without telling you it's sin, your mother tell you, if you go in that store you touch that bubble gum, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Your mothers might not have said that. That's what my mother said to me. <laughs> okay, you, you touch that during a whole lot of trouble. She would always tell us, she said, and if you show out in here, I'm going I'm to get in there and show out with you. And we never figured what getting in there mean. But we figured out that it meant she would kill us. Okay. <laughs> I laugh. Are y'all getting the revelation though? Yeah. All right. Let me see if you're getting it. Oh, right there. So what did I just say? What was I just addressing? You don't have to tell tell nobody. That's why I say this stuff. Get it in your spirit. You don't have to tell people don't sin. They already know. You almost feel like I'm not even really using my life if I don't tell people what not to do. Why don't you use your life to tell people what to do? yeah because soulishly they're not fully empowered to, to to do what you say not to do but if you spend your life telling them what to do they can start to work on their soul hallelujah all right this is good stuff now here's what i'm finding out as a pastor this is old for us we're used to teaching we come and we endure the hour. We say, oh, Lord Jesus, I got a whole hour with pastor. We endure it. But when you go out there and people begin to ask you and talk with you about life and question you on life, you find out that your, your oldness that people receive is actually brand new for them. And and, and old and new is only what the soul gives out. The spirit doesn't. So it's only old to you because there's a war going on in your members of your soul. That's what's happening. And and, and in that oldness, you're starting to feel like, well, I know this, I know this. But then the preacher can turn around and do like I did and just ask a simple question and it becomes very difficult, though it was said just seconds earlier. Why is it difficult? Because there's a war going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This stuff's powerful. You don't tell anybody that. They they already know it. Now, for those of us who know it, and then we're going from being recipients to distributors, Mm -hmm. then we need power. So, all right, Acts 1, verse 4, okay? And being assembled together with them, this is speaking of Jesus, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Jesus commanded the disciples... And at this time, the disciples, the group had grown from 12 back to 120. It was up to thousands. And then Jesus got all fired up doing, uh, uh, I call it communion. And uh, the Passover and gave a great speech. Any man thirst, let him drink of me. Any man hunger, let him come to. And people said, this is a hard saying. What they were saying is, I have no idea what he is talking about. I don't really want to listen to that. And he went from thousands down to 12. His question to the 12 is, Will you leave also? One of them said, But you got the words of eternal life. Why will we leave? So now he's built the 12 back up to 120. And he's saying, I'm going to go away. And when I do, you stay in this place because this is where God has chosen, listen, to enter the earth with the person of the Holy Spirit indwelling you and with power. And you know what? You get it inside. And you're going to get it outside. He's going to come upon you. But here is the the strength of the Holy Spirit baptism. He's going to take a hold of your tongue and give you a prayer language that you have never had before. And no man before you had. He prophesied to his people of Israel. Thank you, Jesus. With stammering lips. Okay. With this tongue. I'm going to give them a new heart. He prophesies it. Well, how is he going to do that? By doing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, taking control of their tongue. We call it divine glossolalia. Baptism with the Holy Spirit. Something else we don't push. Something else that we receive, but we consider it old. And something else we don't practice every day. It is the top prayer language to practice every day. Because when you don't know what to pray for, Romans 8 tells you, as you ought to. So when you've not done all you can do to pray uh, accurately, pray in tongues. And it becomes even more accurate. He said, I will help you utter words which you would not ordinarily paraphrasing be able to articulate. So back to the 120. Don't go anywhere because God's going to appear to you. Don't go till you let him appear and you let him give you what you got. Now, But wait. What's that word? Wait. Tell three of your neighbors. I need you to wait. All right. My family talked about it last night. April and I talked about it today. People are running too fast to learn processes. There were some things they were going to learn. Lord have mercy. Waiting one thing they was going to learn is that God is not at their beck and call like that can I get an amen Amen. okay he's not at their beck and call like that alright so wait for the what promise of the father whenever I take communion always take these elements good see David always take these elements and I ask the Lord to bless these elements And then I say, when I take the body, this unleavened bread, I am not asking for healing. I'm affirming and confirming that I got it. When I drink the fruit of the vine, he's blessed it. That became his blood. When I drink that, listen to this, every promise of God, according to what Paul wrote in the letter at Corinth, is what? Yes and amen. Which amen means what? So be it. So now when he says, wait for the promise of the father, this has to come. This is coming. It's a promise. It's a yes and an amen. And it's of the father. Amen. Which saith he, you have heard of me. All right. Verse five. For John truly baptized with water. Didn't we talk about that? But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. Just wait. You remember the water baptism? Just wait. Because you're going to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. And again, I'm going to keep rehearsing this. The church is missing this. The downside to people, to young people coming to church is the fact that we have no power. We don't show them. We take them through the mannerisms and we give them words, but we don't show them the power. Amen. Amen. I stood up a couple of Sundays to me, and I feel like the power of God's going to come on me. I'm going to start flowing a little. I thought that'd be about 30 days. Well, last Sunday, the Lord said, Can I use you for a minute? I said, Oh, I'm in a little lot of trouble now. <laughs> Here comes the power. <laughs> It used to be. It used to be just a few people, ten people, getting that line. It ain't like that no more. A lot of folk getting that line. All right. You got to have power. You can't fake it. We had to know the studies that the kids were taking. Am I right? We were prophesying and praying over for anointing of academia. We had to actually know the studies and point it out to the kids so they say, ooh, Jesus. <laughs> that's important. All right. So this is the power that's coming on. It says, not many days. So don't leave before you get it. I'm, I'm teaching you right now, believe it or not, how to chase God. Amen. Don't get up from there till you got it. That's why sometimes it's got to be all day. Sometimes it's got to be all week. What about my job? What about it? Yes. If the Lord is telling you chase me, man, you ain't working. I'm, I'm trying to teach y'all something. <laughs> I got people from different states. To my, I, I had a brother from California called and said, um, I was thinking about you. I said, well, what made you do that? I was listening to your message. I said in California. He said, "Yeah." I said, "Lord, where did this ministry come from?" It came from being really angry at Pastor Lane, wanting to kill him, and I tore my house up because I just—that I had a bad temper, and and I didn't like being disrespected. I mean, I was born again. <laughs> that, that's that—that's the name I should have called that night, <laughs> and, and I missed it. <laughs> And I missed it big time, man. Let let me tell you, I messed up uh, Littlefield. Because I was hurt and angry. And the Lord says, I cannot use you. It never even dawned on me that he was using the term use. He said, I'm going to need you to come off your job for 90 days and approach me every morning with prayer and I'll take it from there. 90 days. Michelle was my witness. And every day he worked me. I got the word. I got prayer in. And then let me tell you. There were times because I, I was demanding that my house be clean. There were times he would say, take the vacuum. Take the rag. One time I, I came down the stairs. And, and, and I'll never forget this. And I said, give me a rag. Because the Holy Spirit said, get the rag and clean up the kitchen. You said, excuse me? I said, right, give me a, a rag. I didn't want to say that all out loud, you know. Because I mean? it was going to be all blown up. And uh, she said, I cannot hear you. And I knew in my heart she could hear me because I wasn't no more than a foot away. So I didn't know she wasn't deaf. So I got mad. I said, give me the towel. Snatched the towel, and walked off. And I went to the kitchen, he said, as mad as you are, clean up everything, like I said. Start with the dishes. Well, no dishwasher. 13372 Littlefield don't have no dishwasher in it. <laughs> what you talking about? So I had to clean the dishes. I had to wipe the sink out. I had to wipe the kitchen down. Wipe the table down. When I got through, he said, get the vacuum and vacuum. And that didn't work right, so I had to do it two and three times on the same spot. And I did the vacuum, and I stood there and said, now bend your knees again. Come back to me. I want to talk to you again. And at the end of the day, you know what he would tell me? Go study. I'd pray that he would interrupt sometimes and say, eat your dinner. 90 days. I got so into it. And I was so different that I loved it. At that time, Michelle actually started taking a bus, going to a job, working a job and bringing checks home. Cause I wasn't walking, I wasn't doing nothing but obeying. him. And one day I stood up, he said, get dressed, it's all over now. I'll tell you when I want to talk to you again, go to the job. I said, the job, I ain't got a job. And then he said, I want you to go to Kmart headquarters. I was so messed up by that because that's, at that time, a world company. Headquarters is where everybody was, from the chairman and the board on down. So I waited, he said, get dressed and go there and tell them you're waiting. I walked in. And the lady said, excuse me, can I help you? People coming up and all down the elevators. And, and I said, I'm the one you're waiting on. She said, excuse me? I said, tell humans resources I'm the one you're waiting on. And I was sweating because I said I'm going to obey God, and it was really a struggle. She came back with a big smile. She says, yes, you are. Go upstairs, go to that place right there, and they're going to take care of you. Now listen, do you have your lunch for today? And I'm thinking, oh God, I don't have lunch. I don't even have any money. I said, yes, ma'am. Lord said, you ain't got no lunch, but that's the right answer. And she took me up there and at lunch. I took the lunch break and prayed in the spirit. Lunch break was over. I went back to work. At the end of the day, my family said, where have you been? I've been at work. But there's a different power. A week later, Sister Billy says, can you come leave my prayer group? I says, I don't get in prayer groups. That's just that circle thing. I don't do that. And so uh, I went there because she asked me to anyway. I went there and I saw the circle and just said, man, they're all creepy. You know, I was what you would call... um, Still a cross between cool and thuggish. (laughs) I wasn't dressed right. I wasn't nothing right. And I just walked in, I just looked at them, and I just said, they're all creepy, man. These jokers here are crazy. I ain't getting no time. And I stood on the outside and she says, in five minutes, Brother Pulliam's going to take over and he's going to lead this prayer. And everybody got up? and They got all fired up and they was walking in the circle. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't have nothing for these people. What is she talking about? And she got right down to the counter. She said, Brother Pulliam, come on, let's go, let's go. And I walked in the middle of there and the Lord said, follow me. I never had an experience like that. And he said, repeat these words, and I repeated, people shouted. The lady started screaming, I'm healed, I'm healed. He said, now say this, and I said it. He said, now go to this person and say this, and I went to that person and said that. And see, that's why I learned the accuracy of elementariness. That's why I learned it. To be simple and be elementary. Don't think for him. This is my argument with humanity. Think for me, repeat me word for word, and you get what I get. You repeat him word for word, you get what he gives. Can anybody say Hallelujah? hallelujah. Ha, glory to God! Isn't that powerful? And and I let it, and 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 I felt so different afterwards. And then I started going home. She said, "Where are you going?" So I'm going home. She said, Oh no, you finna bless this group. And I was thinking, I already done did that. I done already went beyond what I know to do. Let's just say we bless people in a big way. The following Sunday, Reggie Lane says, "Um, I want you all to come back Wednesday. Brother Pulliam is gonna be praying for us. And I'm thinking, I haven't received a warning. I haven't received a call. Why am I sharing this with you? I'm talking to you about power. Because see, you want to know the know-how, and I'm trying to teach you what to do when you know the know-how. Okay, and 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 and, and I just thought they're all crazy. I was right to think they were crazy before. Because he's going to ask me to do something that ain't going to say anything to me. So I just looked at him for a long time. He never looked at me. And the following Wednesday, the house was full. And he was singing and worship. And, and, and Reggie Lane always wore jeans. And, and, and either a polo shirt or just a real thin shirt. He was a very, very muscular man. And he wore flip-flops. That was spring, summer, and early fall. Okay. Even on Sunday sometimes, he, it was just nothing to him. He, but he was an, the best teacher of the word. He'd have a, you know the, the little books you get with your Psalms in it in the New Testament from the hotel. He'd have one of those and he'd have a turn back like this. And he would break that thing down and teach that thing and have you running outside on eight mile. And you and the power of God have been, you do not even know why you're running. Just anointed it like that. So I arrived on that Wednesday, and he was saying all of a sudden, he said, "Bro, put him to take over." And I remember saying to the Lord, "I ain't taking over because I don't know what I'm supposed to do." You, that's how I Miss Poynting was. She's just down like this. Well, that's my honest truth. I don't know what you're talking about, man. See, we need to quit putting on airs like that. I knew the church look, but I ain't know what was going on. Unless they get up, walk over there, stand there. I'm going to send the lines to you, and I want you to pray for people for healing and deliverance and keep it on the two subjects. So I stood up and I said, well, bless the Lord. God's going to use me mightily to pray for people who, need, who are sick and who need deliverance. Now, I, I know nobody, and I was sick pretty much, and I needed deliverance for sure. So I didn't know if I should start with me or if I should start with the whole group. No, I'm teaching you power. And I just started laying hands on people and praying. Power was enormous. I literally was watching my hand and watching the power leave it. And touch people. And that amused me. And I remember asking the Lord at night, do you do this for everybody? I'll do it for you. What is it to you? If I use everybody. Because I never got an answer on that. Before I left there, the church grew. 12, 700. When I left, it grew to over 1,000. Before I left, Marlon Reed preached on a Sunday morning. People were running everywhere. Praise team got up for the altar call. We would always sing during the altar call, which is probably something we should do. And I'll never forget this. And he turned and he said, I-, I can't do it today, folks. The Holy Spirit said, Todd's going to do it. I kept singing. Because I was like, he has lost his mind I call me. I said, these people are crazy. No one warns anybody, says anything to anybody. And there's 700 people out here. And he told me, Todd's going to carry it. I kept right on singing with the rest of the team. So he prayed in the spirit of while. He said, yeah, but the going to carry it. He said it again. And he turned back and said, Todd, you're going to carry it. I just said, amen, and kept on singing. <laughs> on, like, you're not getting me up there. And so finally he broke away. He said, can you come here for a minute? The Lord said, go to him. And I went. And when he turned around to lay his hand on me, he flew back about 10 feet. A whiff of air hit him and sent him out. And the Lord said, now, I'm going to use you. I said, okay. (laughs) We touched hundreds of people. One of the wide receivers came back for the third time. And I spotted him this time. And I said, I spot you. You've been back here before. This is your third time. I'm not going to pray for you. And he says, yes, you are. I said, I am? I said, well, what are we praying about this time? He said, no, 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 no. I'm taking it in, man. Lay your hand on me. I'm taking the anointing in. And it brought a whole different concept to me. The Lord used me so mightily um, that Michelle's my witness. I slept from the time I arrived home from the service until Monday morning. To recoup, to get it back, and then I was just as nutty. This takes time. Oh yeah, I, I I had to go to the store, put a weapon in my pocket, to go to the store. So you know I wasn't together. I'm I, see you, you wanting the power is faith thing. You got to believe that you're getting power that he gives it to you. You got to believe it. You don't watch pastor long enough. Wait a minute. Oh, good. I got 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You don't watch me long enough. How long are you going to wait before you repeat me? You even tell yourself, I got power. And you're right, you do. When I pray for that person, nothing happens. Do you automatically think that that's just always the case? That every time you lay hands on somebody, they're going to get healed? Or should you enter into the practice of healing Laying hands on people is, is, is for me what I know now but that's because I've done it quite a bit and I've seen every kind of miracle faith 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 this. Hebrews 11 and 1 what's the scripture say now oh wait a minute what does it say now when is faith now now faith is not tomorrow faith is right now the lord sent 10 sick people you lay hands on all 10 like you would like never before and if you get two healed rejoice over all of them and rejoice over the two that get healed. Amen. Remember Jesus healed ten lepers. Only one came back. The rest got healed but one was made what? Whole. When you research whole, I want you to get ready, grip your seat. When you research whole Whole means there's no evidence that you were ever sick. Hallelujah. Healed means you can be healed of the chicken pox and be left with the spots. Wholeness is when he heals you of the chicken po- pox and the spots disappear. Amen. You might have cancer in your body, but can't nobody tell. Amen. Oh, Thank you, Robert. You don't need no preacher. You can do, hey, glory to God. You can do this yourself take your Bible out man tonight when you get home and getting it man said by his stripes it says in first Peter I was already healed yeah. you take that out and confess that tonight and start praying in tongues yeah. and while you're sleeping the Holy Ghost will go to work and doing all kind of stuff on you and yeah. when you wake up on Monday morning or the next morning you healed yeah. you, ain't nothing like going on Friday morning of the weekend with a paycheck and a healing Hallelujah. 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 Glory. You can pray in the spirit anytime and God will fix it. Even when you mess up, even when you blow. Thank you for listening to another teaching on the Dr. Ty J. William podcast. We call you blessed.